Good morning, everyone, or good evening, or good afternoon. Paul, alcoholic. Uh, again, we're speaking from a pivotal point in my recovery on page 64. And the description in the two, those two sentences on page 64 are basically... Uh, the lens I look at the rest of the program from. So, again, I'll say it. Page, it's like the third paragraph on page 64, right before we go into the inventory process, which is step four. They have just spent a few pages on uh, step three, uh, constantly using the word self quite a lot, self-obsession, self-centeredness, what. Uh, all that. And so here he finally says, being convinced, self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. So again, self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. We will now look at its, meaning self's, common manifestations, and then the next paragraph is resentment. So the inventory process in this statement is looking at the manifestations of self in our lives so that we can see the patterns of how self defeats us. So what? So that we can stop the defeat? No. So that we recognize the situation and we call upon a higher power into our lives and that the higher power facilitates the stopping of the man not stopping of the manifestations but stopping of the defeat yeah so this you just had a huge effect on me when i saw self as other now the important point is yeah we look at the manifestations but what actually does they do they mean by self well i don't know what he was meaning I know what it means to me, and that's what I'm sharing. I can't share what it means to Bill W. or the 100 people that assisted in writing and editing the book, but I can share how, how, what it means to me. And that sense of self, I think, is brought about by an act of being identified as it and is reinforced where the problem resides, the head, by the narration and so and by constant obsessing over it so the head obsesses over self to reinforce the identification as self this is just the diagnosis that was revealed to me i presented as like pair of shoes put them on see if they work see if they explain stuff that seemed not to be explained in your program and in recovery and if it works for you, maybe bring that kind of idea into the steps and into uh, the suggestions and into the way of life and into the design for living. And maybe pass it on so that not only is this a random idea, but it can become somewhat established in our community. Yeah? So, uh, yes, that's basically it. I don't know what people want to talk about today, so if you have any idea of a topic, 
And remember, I'm just a member, I'm just sharing something, and I have the platform to do it. And I hope uh, it allows some illumination in your life concerning the exact nature of the wrong. Yeah, all right, so thanks. Open it up, I guess. Thank you, Paul. If anyone has a question for Paul, please raise your hand in the participants uh, window, and then I will see that, and then I will be able to unmute you. Um, if you don't know how to do that, you can wave your hand in front of your camera, and then I'll call you. Right now, we don't have anyone with a question. Um, let's see. Well, last week we did, we spoke about uh, fear and what's the sort, what's the cause of fear. And really, uh, just to be clear about it, most of what we're dealing with is called fear, but it's really mental anxiety, I would say. And most of the anxiety is truly about what's not happening. <laughs> so, I mean... Maybe uh, the next fear you run up against, maybe you can measure it that way by seeing, hey, is really the basis of fear reliance on self? Is that it or not? Because that's what's sort of uh, presented in the big book on page 67 when it says, why are we in so much fear today? Isn't it because self-reliance has failed us? So, yeah. What can a failed system show you? that it's failed. <laughs> it's sort of, what can a dead horse show you? That it's dead, basically. It can't show you anything else at that point, but it can show you that it's dead. So maybe we should get off. So anything, any uh, topic or whatever anyone wants to... We've got discuss. a couple of questions. Would you like me to go with the questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. please. The first one is from Leah V. She's got a question. I, Leah, I asked you to unmute yourself and you can take it away. Oh, Leah, yes. Yeah. Uh, thanks for taking the meeting today. Good to be here again. Um, it's not so much a question as much as a comment. Um, you, mentioned, you mentioned this a bit um, about when you're in the meetings, how you notice that everybody was sort of parking in the same three parking spaces like with regard to our thoughts and, you know, relating that to, you know, that, that how could they know what you're thinking? How could they read your mind? And that sort of being a testament to the bullshit nature of our thoughts and that, you know, we're all just sort of on this hamster wheel. I just wanted to comment that that really resonated with me um, and helped me to sort of, discern or maybe like discipline that idiot brain of mine upstairs to um, maybe not attach so much meaning into what it's thinking. Yeah, well, in the book, it says that this power will discipline us. Yeah. See, that's the whole, that's the spirit of the program. It's a higher power reliance program not a get up and go and work on shit program. Yeah. So it says that, I don't think, I think it says we're an undisciplined lot and this power will, will assist in our discipline. I like that flavor because uh, 
my solution or the solution for me became apparent by my admitting my powerlessness, yeah, by admitting that I was fucked. Uh, that's when everything started to change. So, uh, and that theme in my experience over the years hasn't changed. It didn't change to where I took control and I started to pick out the shit I want to work on and, and how to work it and how I want to amplify this quality and diminish this other quality. No, I'm not the doctor in the situation. Sort of, I'm a patient. Yeah, and I surrender. And then, uh, you know, judge the doc, you know, judge the tree by the fruit. Yeah. So, I mean, that's the whole point. I hate when it's, you know, uh, because of our predilection of being the one, yeah, the doer, this and that, we basically, when we're introduced to something, we all tur we turn it into something we're going to do and we're going to be the big player and we're going to be that. When that really goes against the theme of, the, of recovery, the theme of recovery is based on an, an admittance of powerlessness, yeah? <laughs> and that some of the effects when they're described, one of them is said perfectly, which is you'll be placed in a position of neutrality. Now, it, didn't, it doesn't say you're going to fight yourself into a position of neutrality. You're placed in the position. In other words, something does it for you without any thought or effort on your part. That is a key to me of, of the theme of recovery. Yeah, that exactly is describing how things are happening. How my head would like to describe it is I'm doing it. Yeah, I'm the one, it's all resting on me, ba 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 ba, just like every other fucking thing I've come in contact with. Yeah, I'm gonna meditate, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna get better. I'm going to look at my faults. I'm going to judge my faults. I'm going to change my faults. That's not, you know, that can happen, but it's not the basis of the program I know. It's, it isn't. The basis is you come in here and hopefully it's already occurred or it's going to occur and you admit that you're outmatched, really. Yeah, that you can't get out of the system you're identified as. You can't, yeah. And self-knowledge will avail you nothing, which is incredible because most methodologies, their whole thing, their whole value system is you acquiring a lot of knowledge is going to avail you something. But in recovery, we say self-knowledge avails us nothing. Yeah, because this is a different breed. It's not the same old, same old. Yeah, it's something, you know, we didn't look in a like a, we didn't look in a, some kind of spiritual newspaper and sign up for AA. We sort of backed into it because it, and very, it had nothing to do with virtue. It was more, I'm totally screwed and there's nowhere I can go. And every move tightens the lock. Every move I make is actually tightening the thing I want to get out of. So that theme, I don't think changes over the years in recovery. I don't. It doesn't. It hasn't changed for me. So uh, I'm a real believer in that. Of, of yeah. In a, in the beginning, there's the working steps four through nine. Yeah. But the that's four through nine. Ten, eleven, twelve are the maintenance 
of what has come to pass by doing the working steps. They're not really working that much, you know. Let's say the working steps are like eight hour a day, 40 hours a week. The maintenance steps aren't an eight hour day, 40 hours a week. It's a, the, the, the time drops precipitously and it goes that way because now the conditions have been changed, yeah? Your Petri dish has been changed. The acidicness has been turned into an alkaline base, let's say, as an example, yeah? And so now what's cooking in your little laboratory isn't vindictiveness and resentment all day, I hope not. It's more a gratitude and honoring of the wonders of this place, you know, feeling of having empathy for others, recognizing that this isn't a me, it's a we situation, yes? And all that, and all those things come about by the way of life, yeah? Yeah, so really my job is to observe what's happening and to see and to observe what works and doesn't work and also to observe when what worked expires and I move to another stage or another phase because uh, one phase that worked at one time you outgrow and you move into another condition and it's nice to respond to your contemporary condition yeah like a lot of people they first come in and it's sort of fear-based yeah they're super afraid that if they drink or use they're going to be totally screwed yeah now I hope that doesn't last for 30 years I hope it's alright it's fear-based it's boot camp or something I've got to watch myself like a hawk but not for 30 years I hope you know you go through that phase and then you grow so maybe the first sponsor you get is a fucking drill sergeant because you need a big foot up your ass. But then after six years, maybe he or she's changed or you change and you find someone else that works. Yeah, this is the whole program. Yeah, that's more suitable based on the conditions you're in. Not based on the conditions you were in, but the, the conditions you are in. Yeah, so this is a... This is a living, organic event, and uh, it may be, you may come in based on a certain condition, but that certain condition isn't going to prevail the whole life of your recovery, yeah? You're going to outgrow shit, you're going to outgrow fear, you're going to outgrow a lot of stuff, yeah? And that's exactly, it's a perfect wording, outgrow, yeah? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, I've had these pants or these shoes for 10 years or something. I really like them, but I've outgrown them. Yeah? Now I can sort of like, you know, put veneer on them and hang them on a fucking mantle or find some new shoes that work better. You know? I appreciate the old shoes, but I've outgrown them. Yeah? <laughs> you know, this is... We're a living event. Yeah? We, so... So, yeah, yeah. But the whole underlying theme, and this is just sharing from this member's eye view, the whole underlying theme never changed. The whole underlying theme is reliance on something other than the failed system. <laughs> yeah? Trusting something infinite rather than finite self. That's the whole story for me. Yeah? I woke up, I finally realized by having it told to me and watched in recovery that I was in 
a very serious condition. I was completely relied upon something that wasn't reliable. Yeah? And, and that was the basis of all the bubbling conditions that I was seeing appearing on the surface. But underneath, I had no idea what was going on. And AA revealed that to me, and I got to the causes and conditions and the exact nature, not of the wrongs, but of the wrong, yeah? And then when that stuff changed, the surface conditions changed. Mm -hmm. Who would have thunk, yeah? And you notice that when people come in. They want to change the surface conditions. They'll talk to you for 20 minutes. I've got to get money. I have no place to leave. And then the suggestion they usually hear is go to a meeting. That doesn't make any sense to them. They need to find a place to live. They need to get some money. And you're going, go to a meeting. Yeah, because you know you're, it comes from below. Yes, the solution isn't on the surface. The, the surface is the expression of what's underneath. Yeah, change what's underneath and you'll change the surface. When you're on the surface, you don't see that logic. You're trying to change the surface. I got to get out of this court date. I got to get out of this. Yeah, this is the beauty of our program. It works. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> That's, uh, it works. And uh, it doesn't matter if you begrudgingly come to that point or you skip to that point. The whole thing is that's the point, yeah? <laughs> Something has been a fact that you weren't taking into account. You're screwed. You're powerless over intoxicants, yeah? And what happens is something takes you over and runs you into the ground, yeah? And then it'll do it again and again and again and again and again because you don't have any mental defense or any other defense against it. It's coming in and out and doing its shit. And it's like you're a timeshare car. It just gets in any time. Whatever you thought you were up to, it kicks you out and drives you around and runs you over a few times. And then uh, you get left with the bill. Yeah. So... Yeah, this is a solution. There is a solution. Yeah. We submit to it. We don't, we don't cause it. We submit to the solution, in my feeling. Yeah. So. Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Lee. Yeah. We've got another question, and that is from Steve. Steve, I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself, and then you can go ahead with your question. Hello, my name's Steve. Uh, not so much a question as your opening lines about fear. It, it struck me now that when a child is born, a baby, there's no fear. Fear is passed down to us through our parenting. Uh, unbeknown to them, we pick up their fears. Uh, we pick up their thinking and uh, a child would reach for a flame for example on a birthday cake and not realising the flame is hot and has his hands touched but uh, yeah and fear grows in us uh, as we progress through life and our fears for myself personally became 
anesthetized through the alcohol. And putting the alcohol down and learning to live without fear is part of the growth of this program. And it is a beautiful program. And it's a simple program for simple people that like to complicate it. So I just heard you talking about fear all the time, and I think a life of sobriety is, is about overcoming fears, smashing them fears. And uh, yeah, so what's your thoughts on that? Uh, again, I like the the flavor ex that's expressed to me through the word uh, outgrow. I don't see there's a smashing of everything. You outgrow the conditions that allows fear to thrive. Yeah, and therefore, uh, when the conditions change, the fear can't thrive in them. Yeah, so you outgrow something that you grew into, like you were implying when you were born. You grow into something, and now we can outgrow that. And uh, that's more the feeling I have of it. Um, I'm not going to war against fear. I'm just seeing the cause of it. In my life, I agree with the diagnosis that it's self-reliance. And to me, the self-reliance, the more, the most extreme reliance on self would be the identification as it, yeah? I mean, I always use the example of I was quite uh, entranced by cocaine use and took it pretty damn far, or it took me far, pretty, pretty much lived for it, loved its effects and was willing to take the consequences of its use but not at, not at one moment not one moment did I ever think I was cocaine yeah, it was a clear line that I'm not cocaine I'm not I'm saying there isn't a clear line about you not being self <laughs> I think that line is very blurred and I would say the root of the the problem is an identification as self. Yeah, so. So the idea of fear, I'd rather get to the causes and the conditions. And again, fear is a valid emotion. It's quite helpful, like when I was in the water and I saw a triangular fin sticking up out of the water moving in a pattern that I recognized out of movies called Jaws and other movies that I made, I better get the fuck out of the water as soon as possible. That fear was quite helpful. It released a lot of adrenaline and I probably swam a little faster than I usually could. Yeah, but I'm really speaking, I think a lot of times there's an underlying fear which is from the reliance of self that allows uh, all these expressions of anxiety, mental anxiety, to mimic fear all day. And uh, I mean, what better way would a, 
a tyrant holds you in submission but through fear. Yeah. So I think the identification as self uh, strengthens itself through anxiety and fear. Yeah. And knowing that doesn't change it. Knowing that and responding to that in a sense of a surrender, that allows it to be changed. Yeah, in my experience. So when you t I truly admit and then I realize uh, that I'm fucked and it's actually an active verb. It's not like I'm fucked years ago. It's in the, it's in the act of occurring now and I was completely outmatched, things started to change at that point, yeah? And I had a way of life to allow those changes to occur. So I got struck sober, and I got introduced to AA that night, and I've been clean and sober ever since, yeah? So, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like I was suddenly screwed. I'd been screwed for quite a while, but there was a an admittance to the innermost that that was the case and then immediately life spun into a situation where to have a place to stay that night I had to go to an AA meeting so a lady took me to my first AA meeting it was a men's meeting she just dropped me off and picked me up at an hour later and I've been going ever since for 32 years or more now so <laughs> <laughs> the problem took a long time to create a huge momentum. The sobriety put an end to it in one day. <laughs> Which is the greater power? I would say. <laughs> yeah. Perhaps there's a better way. I think I'll trust the infinite rather than finite self. So people explain to me, what is, what, what does it look like to trust finite self? I recognize that and I'm helpfully passing it on to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. Thanks, Steve. Are you, you want to continue or? Uh, we've got uh, another question from Helen, unless you're not finished. Uh, <laughs> all right, so here's the next question is from Helen. I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself, Helen. You can ask your question. Thanks, Steve. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I, I've listened to what you've said. And, and while I've been on here, it's been quite a revelation because other people are thinking what I was thinking. And... I've always been a bit isolated with my thoughts, but now I can see that other people are thinking the same and it's, it's helping. Um, I want to say that about fear, I've been watching my thoughts and it's not fear, you're right, it's mental anxiety. It is mental anxiety. I can see, I can see it's about future. It's nearly always about a future scenario or because I'm so anxious at, most of the time, it sort of translates into the body and there's some strange feelings in the body. So then that translates into fear about the body, which feels like it's now 
that's not about the future. But yet from that, I get thoughts of oh, you know, hospital scenarios and all of that. I can see it. I can see it quite clearly. It's not reducing any, but it's, it, it's, it's perceived sort of thing. Um, so, but I think I want to ask, um, that's always been for me, I think, and I've seen that as well. It's been a protective mechanism. So if I fear the worst or scenario, make a scenario of the worst, it sort of protects me from pain. And I think that's what some of it is and won't be all of it. It's obviously identification with self. Yeah. But yeah, it's all, all, yeah, identification with self. Although I can't see it at the minute. So I'm asking, do I just leave and don't look at the protective thing? Don't, don't touch that. Well, what do you think? What do you think right now? Are you in better hands or than the, the old hands? Because a lot of times, like, uh, we're still, we still have two masters at the same time. I know. We're tithing to the old God. You know, so if I worry about the worst, then when it just sucks, you know, normally every day, you know, I think, I think, you know, it's a blessing from the old God, you know. <laughs> so you have to tithe like mental anxiety every day to the old God to keep the big fucking thing away. Yeah, I think that's uh, relying on self, isn't it? I yeah. would say. Yeah, so... Recognize that, and uh, you know, perhaps there's a better way. Trusting something infinite. What would trusting something something infinite look like? Well, you've had enough experiences of that. Recognize it. Yeah. All right. That seems like a better way, isn't it? Perhaps there's a better way. Now you're in you're in alliance with the better way, and you're actually been convinced of the better way. So now. The gravitational pull of the old God is going to weaken as you get caught in the gravitational pull of the new God. Because the old God is like the gravitational pull of the moon that's been masquerading like a sun with reflected light, and now you've met the sun. So the sun has a much more stronger gravitational pull than the fake sun called the moon. Yeah? So now you're in a process of trusting something infinite. And when you don't, you have skill, or when there isn't, or you go back to the old God, you'll recognize it and you have the means to sort of uh, shorten that interview with it and get out of there. Right. <laughs> you know, what I mean? serenity, prayer, whatever it may be. We have tons of ways to sort of derail the worshiping of the old God, don't we? I mean, yeah. There's tons of ways, so now you use them, and then that pull gets there, established again, and you just you're on, you're progressing towards the sun, so to speak, yeah. And then it weakens the pull of the old way, and therefore you don't need to tie to it anymore. I'm not selling, I'm not sending ten dollars a day to the old god, yeah, just in case. <laughs> give that money to something else yeah I'd rather give that attention and interest to something else something that spends my interest and attention on now 
not on fucking yesterday and tomorrow. Jesus Christ. It's so funny. We're completely interested in yesterday and tomorrow when they're called my yesterday and my tomorrow. Mm -hmm. We have almost no interest in anyone else's yesterday or tomorrow. What is that but the fucking bondage of self? Yeah. Am I worried about Chris, what Chris did eight years ago and when I'm not Chris? Probably not, unless I want to prove a point Chris. But basically, you know, stop your video because you're uh, breaking up a little bit. Um, go ahead. Sorry, Paul. Hold me. I should be all right now. Okay. Yeah, you're good. Is it? Yep, you're good. Yeah, yeah. It's just the phone. Someone called. It's. I have the phone on this. So, yeah, I don't know what I was saying, but it sounded really good. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's leave it at that. But, you know, uh, yeah. And the point is, though, also, it may seem a little strained, but you've got to honor the demonstration of perhaps there's a better way. Yeah, because the head is definitely honoring bullshit most of the day. Yeah, it does. It worships at the temple of what's not happening. It does. And it's, it, it, sacrifice, it sacrifices you there every day. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. There is a solution. There is a solution. Yeah? And the solution has a lot to do with recognizing the exact nature of the wrong. It does. Because if something's playing God and you don't know it, then you're being played. Yeah? And then it says in our book on page 63 or something, hey, first, first, meaning that's a very important position, you got to quit playing God. It doesn't work. Now, all right, you can say, okay, I'm going to quit playing God, but do you have a sense of what it looks like for something to play God? Well, here you go. You need to know. Yeah. When I wake, if I wake up in the morning and the head that's narrating my day tells me it's going to suck and it's only 8 a.m., I haven't even lived, you know, the day yet, and it tells, oh, this is going to suck, I would say that's playing God. Yeah? Yeah? All right. So I see something is playing God. Now, if I keep taking my, to myself to be that which is playing God, I can't. Quit playing God. Don't you see this? That which is playing God, when it tries to stop playing God, that's playing God ad infinitum. You can't get out of self as self. Yeah? You can't get out of playing God as that which is playing God. This is seeing it as other. You don't, you, that which is playing God isn't you. It's playing God on you. Yeah? So you recognize that finally, finally, you see what you're not. And then you quit, you lose interest in that which is playing God, and that's like quitting playing God. And now what? God's now doing shit. 
which had always been the case, yeah? But it's not overrided with the narrative that it's this other God doing shit. It's, you, it becomes obvious what's happening here, yeah? You'll know the problem from the solution. That's the only way you really know the problem is by being relieved of it. When you're relieved of it, you'll see why you weren't relieved. You'll see it. It's obvious. It doesn't say there is knowledge of the problem. It says there is a solution. Yeah. The solution is what informs you about the problem. The problem informing you about the problem is a bigger problem. Thanks, Paul. Thanks a lot for your question, Helen. Um, the next question uh, comes from a guy named Kurt. Kurt, I've asked you to unmute yourself. Oh, Kurt. Hey, buddy. Good to see you. Good to see you. you. Know, I, I just appreciate, you, you know, you put a language. I, you know, this is my experience, probably a lot of people in the room, but you put a language to experiences most of us already have. You, you, really articulate you know what's already been happening with a lot of people and it like it like puts all the pegs in the right hole for me yeah but what i wanted to say was that thing i tell people a lot when when you you talk about fear i i use that fear of fear of false evidence appearing real but yeah it's like yeah well it wasn't because self-reliance failed now i always say to people what self-reliance failing for me was I was identified with the God of reason. I thought I was my thinking. And, and I, you know, like the other part of fear, like I love this when you say most people's fear isn't fear, it's anxiety. And the fear, I remember reading Krishnamurti one time said, you know, when you're in a, a forest and a bear attacks you, he said, that's not fear. He said, that is the highest form of human intelligence. And you don't have to think about it. It's, it's just happens. Like that's the highest form of self-preservation intelligence. And when I heard that, that, and then I heard you say, most people say, oh, I, I have all this fear. It really isn't fear. It is mental anxiety. It's like, oh shit, what's gonna happen tomorrow? Oh, what's going to happen next week? What's going to, you know? So I just really appreciate your language, your gift of articulation, your presence, and um, yeah, I just really enjoyed uh, getting to know you. So thanks, Paul. Not much well, of a question you. there, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, I have a lot of respect for you. Hey, yeah, I like this statement on page 53. We haven't gone to it in a while and we agnostics. It's because, see, it's not the thoughts, uh, the thoughts are used to produce the anxiety, but it's the faith that completes it, yeah? In other words, there's faith in the thoughts. There's faith that I could possibly be screwed next week. And that faith is based on a sense of not being here even though you are, yeah? So, this is, I wanna read this thing, cause it's, 
an under, I feel, an underappreciated part of the book. It comes out of the We Agnostic chapter, and it's at the bottom of page 53. And he talks about, I'm going to go to the last sentence. It goes, without knowing it. Isn't this the case for most of us? We come into recovery and we learn what we were, what, uh, what shit we was going on without us knowing it, yeah? A light is brought into our experience by shared identification with people, yeah? And then we can recognize through the we what's taken us over, yeah? So it goes, without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith, yeah? So if, just as an example, if I am in next week right now, I've been brought there by a certain kind of faith in the failed thought system, yeah? The thoughts are about next week, and I feel like I'm there, and like Helen said, it's about next week, but I feel the effects now in the body, exactly, yeah? That's being produced by faith, yeah? And faith is going to manifest by what's directing the faith. Now we have seen faith in our life being directed by the self, yeah? By the failed mechanism. We've seen it. We didn't know what was going on, but we've been at the effect of it. And now some of us, through sobriety, are now at the effect of faith in something infinite, yeah? Which gives us an immunity to all the mental anxieties because what's happening overrides what's not happening, which is the norm, basically. <laughs> it could, it's really being established like when in a, in a childlike condition where what's happening overrides what's not happening. As the mental state grew and the addiction grew, what's not happening overrides what's happening for many people. And it's all rooted in faith, really faith or, or as he says trust so when the trust or faith is in the finite self we are at the effect of what's not happening more than what's happening when that faith is in trusting something infinite we're at the effects of what's happening overriding what's not happening that's really the, the change truly that's the fundamental change yeah when we're addicted when the self has us, we are reacting to what's not happening. When we're under the, the direction of the higher power, we have been established in that, that position of turning one's will and life over to the care of that. Yeah, We now have an immunity to what's not happening, and we are in what's happening, Yeah, which doesn't take any thought or effort because it's happening. The real thought and effort, especially the thought, and I would say thought and effort combined with faith, is about what's not happening. To override what's happening, it's, there's a lot of faith involved. <laughs> there really is, because what's not happening has one big glaring hole. It's not happening. <laughs> there's something happening already, that I'm feeling, seeing, hearing, tasting, touching right now, and I would think that has enough oomph to override what's not happening. But faith can change that. 
So faith in the failed system allows us to be captured by mostly what's not happening. We live in interpretation instead of a life, yeah? And this whole program is to is to move away from that failed system of trusting something finite to trusting something infinite. The one commonality is trust, is faith. Faith is the key. Faith in a failed system allows it to produce, produce tons of anxiety and false evidence that appears real, tons of shit. It can't do it itself. It has to, there has to be faith put in it, yeah? And the same faith will trigger the availability of the higher power, which is always available, but we can live as if that's not so. So the faith in, in trusting something infinite triggers the obviousness of that. So there's two totally parallel different things, finite self and infinite, but the same emphasis is there, faith. Faith in one or faith in the other. The faith is the same. It's what it's put in that causes its effects. The faith is the same. It's what it's put in that causes its effects. Yeah? If it's put in the finite self, what's not happening becomes dominant. If it's put in the infinite, what's happening stays exactly in its dominant condition. Yeah? So I want to just finish it because it goes more into this. So without knowing it, had we not been brought to where we stood by a certain kind of faith. Yeah, faith in a finite fucking self. Faith in a failed system of reason and thought. All right? For did we, did we not believe in our own reasoning? So there you went. So yeah, we have great faith in our reasoning. Did we not have confidence in our ability to think? What was that but a sort of faith? Exactly. Yes, we had been faithful, abjectly faithful. I mean, there's a, an extreme amount of faith in a failed system. And we, and we, are, a demo, we are an incredible demonstration of the effects of that. We are exceedingly obsessed with self. That's what an alcoholic and an addict is. Excessive, exceedingly obsessed. So the faith has gone to the 10th degree. Look at it. Look at the effect. So it says, yes, we have been faithful, abjectly faithful to the God of reason. So in one way or another, we discovered that faith had been involved all the time. All, right now, it's involved. Right at this very second. Yeah? And it's not a faith, it's not Christianity, a Muslim, it's faith. It's a force, a force of mind. As Jesus says, faith the size of a mustard seed can fucking move mountains. Exactly. We move mountains. We make mountains out of molehills. Yeah? We don't even have to move the mountain. We just see a molehill and we make it a mountain. We're making shit out of nothing all day. I mean, talk about faith. I mean, we're miracle workers. But look at what the miracles is directed by and what is directed to. It pays homage to an idea of you, yeah, that you'll never fucking outgrow. Yeah. 
that same faith put into the higher power through the mechanism of the program will bring an ease and comfort to your day now. Yeah? You'll travel lighter now. It doesn't say everything's going to get great, but you're going to travel lighter through whatever life has in store for you. What more do you want? And you can be established in that. It's not based on, oh, I did a lot of breathing exercises today. I did this and that. No, it becomes an established fact of traveling lighter. What more do you want? So, yeah, thank you. Yes. Thanks a lot, Kurt. Thanks a lot, Paul. The uh, next question comes from Sean, who is the character that visited us on a bus last uh, this week. I ask you to unmute yourself, Sean. Yes, I think Scotland. Uh, hi, hey, uh, Scotland. Scotland. Yeah, hi, Paul. Um, yeah, I'll try not to fuck this up. Um, okay. After when I was speaking to you on the bus, I was going through something, listening to you, and um, what I'm not was seen and it was seen as, as other and I could see it and I had an intimation of what I am but it was only very briefly before it was claimed by what I'm not. Now you say that we like there's a bit of um, uh, confusion here you say that we're fucked but does the is there a stabilization of what being in what's happening and being out of what's not happening definitely yes yeah yes definitely because at the moment it still seems so very intimate to me because it's early days. So although I see I'm not that, and I can, I struggled for a long time actually being focusing on thought. Maybe it was because I was loaded all the time or, or yeah, probably that. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I've, uh, um, I'm on doctor's meds. So I don't really give you a story. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm getting cleaner, <laughs> cleaner. Um, yeah, so, um, so there's an integrated, uh, there's an integration that must take part then. So what does that, what does that look like? As opposed to being- I don't know, uh, you'll find out. Uh, I don't know. You'll find out. It will look the way it's going to look. Yeah. There's no like, uh, there's no uniforms in freedom. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. But like, the get a certain that... uniform and then. <laughs> no, no, no. What it, what it is, is I thought once it, it was going to be, once it was, Seen, that would be it over. No. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. 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 Okay, that's good to hear. Do you ever, see, do you ever uh, 
Do you ever have heard the definition of a mirage? Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, so it's different than uh, an hallucination in a certain sense. Because an hallucination, once you recognize it as hallucination, you're usually not seeing it, yeah? But a mirage is more like an optical illusion. So you go there and you realize it's not there, but you keep seeing it, yeah? This is sort of of what it's like. But see, now, before, it was a mirage of an oasis, and you'd keep going there looking for water and then being terribly disappointed. Now you see the mirage of the oasis, but you're not going on a trip to get to the water. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah that, that's, that's, that's the traveling yeah. later. <laughs> right, yeah, man. No, that, that makes a lot of sense. It's, it's just that I've, uh, I've been experiencing, you know, just seeing crazy thoughts and just seeing it as other than me and, and, and just, just head movements, just the, the mind. And, you know, it makes me laugh and, and fucking all that. But, uh, yeah, I, I thought, I thought that was going to drop, but, uh, yeah, <laughs> so, but the sting's been taken out of it. The sting's been taken out of it, you know? Good. Yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. So just kind of. And remember on. too, there's always an outlet of, of a certain, there are many ways of of being of service, yeah, which yeah. will, will which because, you know, the attention and the interest gets into a habit. So the attention and interest may be constantly going to a place that you've gotten, you've uh, outgrown, yeah. So you, yeah. there's easy ways to retrain the attention and interest by giving it new possibilities. So you go and help someone else and then you get a sense of being out of all that. And so, oh, all right. So, yeah. And they're both, so they're, it's a win-win. Maybe you were of, of help to the other person and that you were also of help to yourself. Yeah, it's a beautiful, uh, yeah. it's like, a, it's like the hose is going, the water is going in and out at the same time. It's pretty cool. So I would recommend that if you have the old habit of paying a lot of attention to thoughts, you know? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's, yeah, that's great. That just, that's so, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's, if you've uh, articulated that uh, and I've understood it. So thank you very much. Thank you. You're welcome, bro. Yeah. Take it easy. You must, yeah. good. I'm happy that Scotland has good mass transit. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Who's uh, next? We have uh, Michael. Michael has a question, and then we have Paul after him, if we have time. Uh, Michael, I'm going to un- ask you to unmute yourself. Go ahead. Hi, Paul. Hey, uh, Michael. So um, I think you've kind of touched on this as a possible remedy or uh, solution. When my P... Uh, PTSD acts up and something triggers it, all of a sudden, you know, my head goes into chaos and I can't seem to get out of it. And I've tried to take your advice or, you know, 
whatever the situation is that uh, was the original cause of PTSD is in the past, obviously, but it, it's affecting you now. And so I, I, I tell myself, you know, it's not happening now. It happened back then, but the fear, the confusion, the chaos is happening now. And <clears throat> it's really difficult for me to get out of the what's not happening to the what's happening well, maybe you don't have to. Maybe you just uh, just use some distractionary tactics. Yeah, just learn some skillful means. Yeah. Um, well, in other words, certain things have more weight and more oomph here than other things appearing, and so certain those those things you have to sort of be able to dance around them for a little while. And as you do, the situation weakens and changes. Yeah. So, yeah. I had, uh, you know, I had this thing. It's, it's not PTSD, but I had a very strange uh, situation. When after I got run over by the car, uh, my lymph system got destroyed in one leg. You know, the lymph system moves a lot of toxins out of your body. And, uh, you know, I had the operations and everything. And uh, this was a couple of years later. I moved back out to California. And then one day I felt this thing right on my upper inner thigh. And it would feel something. And, you know, I didn't know what was going on. I kept doing what I was doing. Then this thing moved down to my lower leg. And then my lower leg is very, very damaged. I have a piece of my back on it and it's just really damaged. And the whole leg would blow up and super hot and super red. And I would go into delirium, literally. And then the delirium and then my head would be trying to match two numbers and they were spinning and they were trying, it was just going off. And then I'd go into a fever, then it would break. And then my leg would be super hot for 10 days. I'd have to go in the hospital. Yes. And shit like that. And that's all I knew how to do. So then I started to have to figure things out. When I felt that little thing in my upper thigh, I had to get home or get to the hospital like really fast. And I had to learn how to deal with this thing. And then I realized I'm sitting in the hospital for 10 days. Hey, can I do this at home? Can I have like oral antibiotics that are super enough strong so that when this happens, I can just go home instead of 10 days? You know what I mean? And so I learned how to deal with this thing that seemed completely undealable. Yeah. And I did. I learned how to deal with it. And so I knew when it started to come on, no matter what, I one time I was in the water surfing. I got out of there. I drove home with the fucking wetsuit on, got home, took it off there, and then the shit hit the fan. And so I learned how to deal with it over time. Yes? And I learned how to... So there I'm laying there. After two days, I feel pretty good, but my one leg is super hot, and every time I get up to go to the bathroom, it's like fucking unbelievable. It's like a like a, thermo, a thermometer and it's just going to blow. 
So I learned how to distract myself from the fucking situation. I didn't try to, oh, this isn't happening. No, I watched movies. I did shit like that. Yeah. And I made sure I didn't do anything too stupid, basically, until the shit passed. And then miraculously, after a few years of this, it would happen maybe three or four times a year. It stopped and it hasn't stopped. It hasn't occurred since. Yeah. But so basically you have something that's occurring. You have no control over it. It's going to show up. Yeah. And obviously the way your furniture in your room is, it seems to run into a lot of the furniture. You got to learn how to move shit around. Distract the attention. Yeah. And then you know what? I bet you one day you're going to outgrow this shit and it's probably not going to come about again. And you'll see that you had nothing really to do with it from beginning and end. And then maybe you've learned, then maybe you'll have an incredible gratitude. Hey, I learned how to travel lighter through that. And I didn't fuck up. I didn't get loaded. I didn't take it out on my partner. I didn't, you know, do that and fucking, yeah. So a lot of great shit will come out of terrible shit. That's what happens. See, when you, when we're surrendered over to the care of this higher power, you have to admit if you're in recovery, AA is the greatest recycling event. In, in human life in a weird way. You take a life that seems to have no value and the person that's living it believes it has no value. You put it in AA and you get to be used unbelievable to be of help. Yeah? What? Why would you want to not allow that influence in? <laughs> why? Why is it there's certain things you think you have to manage because it's so unique and special? I'm telling you, that thing with my leg was fucking quite unique and special. I did not meet another person that had that. Had a trigger, the whole leg, because no one has a leg like mine. Look at this thing. It's fucking unbelievable. Yeah? So, oh yeah, I felt I could feel so unique and so special, but fuck, the same principle works on everything. And I was sober. And I didn't go out. I didn't get loaded on anything when those things were happening. Yeah? I didn't sit around and, oh, woe is me. This is terrible. I spent 40 days a year for three years in the hospital or in my house. And it didn't, I didn't get a notice it was going to happen. It would just occur. Yeah? Talk about powerlessness. Yeah. Well, what's one going to do? Fuck, I learned how to deal with shit that it seemed to be completely undealable. Yeah? Do not let, see, when something happens in our life, yeah, and you think you're having it, the mental state is also having it, and it's going to make a lot of shit out of it. It is. It's going to use it for other agendas, definitely. Yeah, you've got to have the wisdom to notice that, because while you're going through whatever you're going through, it may really want to stay in that condition because it's getting a lot out of it. It really is. Yeah. There's a famous story in the book, Freedom from Bondage, by a woman who talked about a resentment that she believed, she'd been telling herself, that she would do anything to let go of this resentment, but then she gets sober, some clarity shows up, and she realizes, fuck, it was like the golden calf. I've been milking it for excuses in my whole life, why relationships haven't worked, why I quit college. Man, in the mental state, that's fucking a super, that's like Fort Knox. 
that resentment towards her mother. And she realized, if I don't get rid of it, which I can't get rid of it, I'm going to drink, yeah? So she ran into some fucking pamphlet and told her, hey, when you have a resentment of this nature, pray for the person you're resenting to have everything you want more, even if you don't mean it. Just do it, yeah? It's just an act. And then something will come in and change things, yeah? So... This is the power. I mean, and the thing, the thing that the mental state cherishes the most is a unique problem. Oh, this is the problem. The. It's different than the problem of a month ago. It, this is the problem. <laughs> and it runs a huge advertising campaign, accepting itself from all the principles that were applied to the other problems because this is the problem. Yeah. <laughs> it's th that which is playing God has a huge advertising company. <laughs> Remember, false evidence is constantly being seen as appearing real. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes. This situation looks like you're going to have to live through it, bro. All right? Yeah. Oh. Allow some opening to come in so that you'll get a different take on it than yours. And maybe you'll learn how to deal with it. And you know what? Like in this case, that thing that came without any fanfare left, thank God, in my life. I mean, I didn't have an answer for it. It just stopped happening. Yeah. Unbelievable. And I'm super fucking grateful for its absence. It was a very strange event. And I, it wasn't nice, you know... Anything, I, if I would have happened on a plane, I would have been totally fucked, completely. Yeah. But, you know, you can always see the best out of the worst. Like when I got run over, my damage was so severe, they airlifted me from the first hospital to a teaching hospital where people from all around the world came, doctors. And so I got the best care because of the, the severity of the damage. Fucking who would have thunk? Yeah, I see life in a different way. I see life, if you're willing to surrender your opinion and your idea, which is always divisive and in conflict, it's always a dualistic one, there's an aspect of what we are that's not dualistic. It's a win-win, it's a we, it's inclusive, yeah? You can be okay with something usually unokay. you can. I've well, seen it. My own experiences and others. I've seen it. I've witnessed it. Yeah, well, I'm really hoping for that download to happen. So, Well, well yes. Yeah. I wouldn't sit around hoping for that long. Just do what you need to do. And yet, hopefully, when its effects do occur, honor them, please. This is the thing I see is most lacking, is... Everyone's bitching for a cure, but when the cure happens, it becomes the new norm, and there's no fucking gratitude and honoring of it. And then we go back worshiping the old fucking God. Yeah. Man, I, uh, I am so grateful for the mobility I have this life. Every day, I am grateful because they kept forecasting me 
these uh, supposed authorities, thank God I don't see them as authorities, the doctors were telling me, I'm, I'm, you're never going to walk, bro. You're never going to walk this life and shit like that. If I would have believed them, I would have been fucking comatose. I have a power greater than any human power in my life, and so do we, all of us. Yeah, what's the point of having it if there's no accessing it? It makes no fucking sense. Yeah, you know what I mean? It just makes no sense. So, all right, yeah, bro, we're in your corner and get the help you need. But, you know, there's a lot of trees want to attract our attention so we forget the forest. Keep the Lord, yes, yeah. Okay. Principles, principles outshine circumstances and situations. Principles override circumstances and situations. Principles are much more stable than circumstances and situations. Yeah? All right. Thank you very much, Paul. Yeah. Wow. Thanks a lot, Michael and Paul. Um, we have one more question. Are we doing okay in time, Paul? Yeah, I don't. I'm not going anywhere. I don't think so. Okay. <laughs> the last question comes from Paul. Paul, I'm going to ask you to unmute yourself, and then you can ask your question. Hi, Paul. Hey, Paul. How are you? Hello, Paul. Yeah, good. Thank you, Paul, for months of, of, of your presentations. And, uh, man, I've been changed. <laughs> I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you. I wanted to ask you uh, specifically about something about Step 12. Um, we're beginning to get one or two face-to-face -face meetings going, and it's been fantastic. Absolutely great. And having not had that and having a predominance of your meetings, <laughs> your meetings for for months and, and and seeing things so differently now as in the exact nature of the wrong identification with self and so on and so forth when it comes to step 12 having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps i'm kind of going to apt to sort of say uh i haven't had a spiritual awakening i'm more of a spiritual condition and i think that would blow the mind of a, of a newcomer maybe and also try and carry this message and the message that i have now is it's not a different message but it, it, i used to talk about uh asking god to remove the um the, the wrongs which which were the manifestations of the wrongs i see now and you said tonight maybe we could bring this idea of the exact nature of the wrong is identification with self into the meetings it would be a, it would be a good thing but I'm aware of the fact that you've got everyone from one day who you want to say, uh, don't drink and get to a meeting to someone yeah. who's been there a long time. Have you got any, I, I know you say, well, each, each case on its merit, but have you got any thoughts on that when it's a meeting full of people with different lengths of sobriety and carrying the message? Yeah, yeah. Well, in my experience, obviously, when I started to feel relief from these ideas, I, you know, I expected people would be, would openly embrace, you know, the message, but that didn't happen. But there was no leaving AA. So basically, you know, 
what you are speaks louder than what you say. And I've learned how to get the message across without saying it. Yeah. And the point is the message doesn't, it's uh, the timing may not be right. So, yeah, yeah. So I feel, but then again, you know, who am I to say in a lot of levels? Everyone has a higher power, and if they sort of run into, let's say, this meeting, maybe that higher power has brought them here. And so, who am I to say, oh, uh, they shouldn't hear the message? So, yes. But I've learned over the time, being in the, uh, the community, uh, to sort of clothe it in the framing of AA, but get something across, yeah. Yeah, so... But uh, yeah, don't, uh, don't, don't, there's no need for missionary work from the squares. <laughs> it's, it's seeping in there anyway, because we've, uh, you know, I've been sharing this for a long time in recovery and in places, a lot of different places. I have the, before the pandemic and stuff, I go to back east a lot in America and I speak at these big rehabs and I've been doing it for 15 years in a row, twice a year. So I've had my, we've put, we've put it out, you know, we've put out the, the message and it's, it's, it's alive and that's all I cared about. I just wanted to, I don't, I don't want to, to have, I don't feel, I don't want people to have to leave to find what else they could find. Yeah, I'd rather bring it back to AA and have it available in AA instead of having it, yeah, you know what I mean? So, and the idea of the message just aligns perfectly with the description of the problem to me. I mean, you have to see uh, that something has taken us over. We all feel that. So, all right, let's, let's, build something on that feeling. Well, if something has taken us over, it must not be us. Yeah. And if it doesn't, if it isn't us, then the possibility of being free from it is there because it's not me. See, if it's me, I'm hoping for the possibility of extreme rehabilitation. Really? Yeah. I can't entertain being free from it because it's me. But what if it ain't me? And therefore I can be free from it. That's a much more uh, attractive uh, thing to me, yeah, much more, because I didn't. I truly had the experience that when I got drugs or alcohol in my body, I was apt to do almost anything, really, and it sure didn't seem like I was. You know, I it didn't seem like I wrote up the I wrote the map up and I made the lefts and I made the rights but I seem to end up where most alcoholics and addicts end up, which seems suspicious, institution, jails, and death. So maybe there's one driver of the whole fleet, you know? That's how I felt. And then when it became, when it was revealed in an understandable way, it made total sense to me, yeah? And so let's put it out into the community and see what happens. That's all. I just want to see people travel lighter. Because also it keeps them not from calling me up so much. And I just fucking don't want to hear about what's not happening all day. I don't. 
I don't. I mean, really. So there is a vested interest in it. <laughs> so, yeah. Great. Thank, thank you, Paul. Thank you yeah. very much. Well, yeah, thank you, guys. Thank you, really. Thank you so much for this platform. It's allowed me to... Uh, if I didn't have these platforms, I'd be like a marathon runner in a closet. Yeah. I need to get out. I need to get out and run. I let I I don't like to have freedom on a on a leash. Yeah. I don't think freedom needs to be trained. I don't. I don't think freedom you can't make it uniform. You can't put it in a certain uh, look. That just doesn't it doesn't it doesn't work that way. So uh, it's really nice to be able to share uh, this way because something in me, the type of this action figure, I gotta, I'm compelled. I have been compelled to share this for 20, 30, 29 years. I've just been trying to, it's just, and it does, it's, it's inexhaustible. It just keeps there. It has nothing to do with me. It's using me, which is great because I've, one thing I know about is being used. <laughs> I've been used quite a lot and what's using me now has a lot of nice side benefits, a lot of nice side benefits. So I'm more than happy that it keeps using me, but, uh, I'm as, I'm as enthusiastic as I was 29 years ago. It's just uh, because freedom, I never get bored uh, around freedom. I just don't. Yeah. <laughs> because the expression of freedom is, can be anything. It's so beautiful. Yeah. And uh, yeah. So there you go. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to say goodbye to everyone, and I hope, uh, yeah. I think it's been a weird thing. It's been interesting because for some of us, we've been here every week for five months or whatever it is. Now, what someone who was business-like would do would make a five-month Zoom thing <laughs> and then send you what I promise with extreme reservations is going to happen to you and sell it for a few thousand dollars. <laughs> but the organicness of it is incredible. Who would have thought that I'd be sitting with another Paul from England for four or five months or, or Rob Farr, who I've come to have a fondness for, all these squares, and maybe our exchange has allowed an atmosphere of traveling lighter to become noticed. What the, incredible. Why would you, you know, you couldn't manufacture this. That's the greatness of it, yeah? And if you try to duplicate it and try to manufacture it, it won't allow it. It won't. It just chose this way. It chose this situation to have us meet for a couple of months on a, in these squares. It chose this way, and it can choose any way it likes, yeah? You can't duplicate. You can't take this model and then try to factorize it and manufacture it. It won't go. It doesn't fit a mold. Yeah, it's not going to. It's not that way. Yeah, so here we have it. To me, it's an incredible event that's never going to be duplicated, really. 
in a weird way. So I just love it. I just love, it's like every piece of art directed by this higher power is unique. You can't, you can make a print of it, but you lose something in it. It's just a unique living little piece of art. Yeah? That just, oh, it's awesome. So, uh, yeah, all right. I'd like to say thanks for Kaiser and Mike always. Kerry, for sticking with us, Kerry. Yeah. Uh, Ian, nice to meet you, Ian. We got Lebowski. Thanks a lot, James, for sticking with us. Yeah. Again, Rob Farr, Paul, all of these dudes. I really appreciate seeing you every week, Ron. Or Rob from Kentucky. Nice to see you, Rob. We've got Walter, who's always got interesting atmospherics there. He's got a fucking some <laughs> thing. We got Trish and Tent Jim. Always a pleasure. I feel like I know everyone in these squares. Johannes, it's been a nice joy to watch you loosen up a little bit, brother. Very, very cool. Marty, welcome. Nice to see you. Dennis, I know you're going through stuff with your family, but you're traveling well with it. That's all you can, yay. Yeah. Michael, fantastic. Stick with us, Michael. We appreciate your uh, participation. Chris K. from Olympia. Always a pleasure to have you here, Lin Linda M. If you're fading out there, nice to see you, Linda. Therese, always a pleasure. Uh, let's see, we got Kristen. Kristen, you usually have white on. It's, un it's usual to see you with a darker color uh -huh. there. We got Kurt, we got Gary. Thank you, Gary, for uh, all the support. Or it's another Gary, but thank you anyway. Sean on the bus, yep. Sean off the bus, Sean on the bus. What's the commonality, Sean? That's yeah. right, that's right. Beth R, we got there. Mickey, as always. Beatrice, there's two of you now. We got Virginia, we got Helen. Helen, Fire. thank you for uh, the story. Michael, Stacy, I'll be hearing from you soon, I guess. Uh, we got, uh, let's see, I just saw the same people. We got, uh, all right, that's about it. Some other people that are not showing their faces. Sarah, all right. Thanks, guys. Everyone, thank you so much. I'll see you thank again you. soon. We got a meeting on Saturday and then Tuesday, Thursday, and Wednesdays. So thank you. see you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Thank you, Kaiser. Guys. Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs> thank you, Kaiser. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, Therese. No problem. <laughs> Thanks for your sentiment, Michael Stacy. I appreciate it. Very kind of you. Thanks all thank for your you, Kaiser. You got it. Good to see you, Mickey. Great.